Our scripture this morning uh, comes from the Gospel of Mark, uh, chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. Uh, Mark 12, 28 through 34. As you're able, would you stand in honor of the reading of God's Word? One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one to answer Jesus is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this, Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied. You are right in saying that God is one and there is no other but him. To love him with all your heart, with all your understanding, with all your strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. As I mentioned earlier during the announcements, today we are beginning our stewardship campaign um, for this year. As we think about our needs and our goals for next year, we want you to be actively thinking and praying about your financial commitment to this church uh, for 2019. And listen, I know a lot of pastors who sort of shy away from this. They don't really want to talk about um, stewardship or giving or money in the church. And I love this topic because I think giving is a faith issue. And I think um, if I can get you, uh, even if I don't get you to give more, but I can get you to think intentionally about your financial commitment to the church, then I, I, I believe you're going to grow in your faith to God. And so, um, and the other thing is, in this church, this is easy. Because you guys are such a giving group of people. Your generosity blows my mind. Um, we, have, we have everything we need and more. We were able to pledge $10,000 to the Georgia Southern Wesley Foundation in, in helps of renovating their, their Wesley house, which helps them to, to do better, uh, to do ministry better and more effective. Um, and we, that didn't, we didn't blink at that. We didn't blink. Um, we still have resources to prepare for things that we want to do in the future. Um, I, I, I'm just blown away by your generosity. I, I'm just blown away. Um, but before we get into talking about giving to the church and to God, I, I want to get to some basics. I want to get to some basics. I want to get back to some basics of the faith. And we get some of these basics in our passage from Mark 12. Here in Mark 12, we see Jesus get into a series of debates with the Jewish leadership. The Jewish leaders present Jesus with a series of, of questions. They try, to, they try to corner Jesus, trap him. Uh, maybe he'll uh, say something heretical or, or blasphemous and, and they can arrest him. But we realize in our passage that not, not all the Jewish leaders are out to get Jesus. They aren't all bad people. 
We kind of try to wipe them with a broad brush, but we do find examples in Scripture of some, some good guys. Our Scripture says, One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. He asked them, Of all the commandments, which is the most important? This teacher of the law had apparently been standing around with the other Jewish leaders, watching them try to catch Jesus, trap Jesus. Our Scripture says that this teacher of the law saw Jesus had given good answers to their questions, and he decided to ask a question of his own. He says, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, if we're just quickly reading over this passage, we might think that perhaps he's talking about the Ten Commandments. But in fact, the Jews had over 613 laws on the books. 613 laws on the books. That, that's a lot of laws. And so what this teacher of the law is asking Jesus to do is to take those 613 laws and give us the most important one. That's not a small task. Jesus' response is this. The most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Now here's what's interesting to me. The teacher of the law asked Jesus for the most important commandment, which would be implied one. Give me the most important commandment. It appears that Jesus gives him and us two commandments. I want to offer to you that Jesus gives us three commandments to follow or three basics of the Christian faith. The first is this. There is one God. There is one God. Jesus begins by saying, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's a quotation from Deuteronomy. You know, we may simply pass over this sentence right here, but this statement is really everything. It's everything. When God first spoke those words to the Israelites, they lived in a time when polytheism, it's a big word, poly meaning many, theism, God, anyways. The belief in multiple gods. Belief in multiple gods. He, they, the Israelites lived in a time when polytheism was alive and well. God had just freed the Israelites from 400 years of slavery in Egypt, a country that believed in multiple gods. So starting out from day one with his people, God wanted to make sure that they knew he was the only God. And of course, you know, today we don't really live in a culture that believes in polytheism. We don't typically see people bowing down to wooden or carved idols. If anything, we live in a culture and society where people simply don't believe in any God or gods. With every poll or survey taken, at least in this country, more and more people don't affiliate themselves with any religion, any denomination, or any faith. But practically speaking, we far too often practice polytheism. Well, what are you talking about, Alan? I'm just so glad you asked. While we may say we believe in one God, and we confess in Jesus Christ. We all too often make other things our God. 
We may not have wooden idols um, on our mantles, but we have made idols out of so many different things. Anything that we put ahead of God, when it comes to our time, when it comes to our attention, when it comes to our giving, when it comes to our thoughts, our resources, on and on and on, we are essentially making that thing a God in our lives, and we are practicing polytheism. Because we don't just have one thing that we put ahead of God. We have multiple things that we put ahead of God. I kind of wrote about this in the paper this week, but I'm so glad this election's over. I'm so glad when every election is over. Because I believe too many of us have made politics a God in our life. Politics has become a God in our lives and our particular political party is our denomination. And we're going to serve our party and we're going to vote our party no matter what the other person says, does, or believes. I mean, just imagine if we spent all the energy, all the energy that we use on complaining about the other party, complaining about the other candidate, and all the, other, all the energy that we use telling people to go vote or complaining about all the people that don't vote. And we use that energy to tell people about Jesus. What if? Here's another way of thinking about it. Have you spent more time talking and complaining about the election or politics as you have to other people about your faith? And about Jesus. Sometimes I think we're more concerned about whether a person voted than whether or not they're going to hell. And maybe we think that because they didn't vote, they're going to hell. If you're more concerned about an election and about a political party, then you have made politics a God in your life. And listen, we do this with so many parts of our lives. Po politics just won, and that's fresh because the election just ended. We can even make a family a God. I look out, I see, I hear things that make me think or make me know that too many parents are making their kids a God in their lives. Parents seem like today... They got to put all their drive and their energy and their focus on giving their children everything they need and want, making sure their children succeed in everything in life. And on the surface, man, that looks fine and dandy. That looks great. And man, we're, we're, we're supposed to love our children, absolutely. But we won't, don't want to do that at, at the sacrifice of a marriage. Your marriage needs a, a, to be a greater priority than your children. The best thing that you can do for your children is to demonstrate and provide an example of a loving, mature, faithful marriage. And through your marriage, your children will be loved and will have a foundation to succeed or fail. And, and if they fail, you're going to be there to support them. Some of the greatest lessons we can learn is through failure. Oftentimes we learn more through failure than through winning all the time. 
So even family and children can be a God in our lives. Anything that we put ahead of God in terms of our thoughts and our time and our resources can be a God in our lives. Jesus wants us to know that one of the central and basic elements of the Christian faith is knowing that there is only one God. The next is this. We're to serve God with our whole selves. We're to serve God with our whole selves. Jesus says to the teacher of the law, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Jesus says that one of the basics of the Christian faith is to love God with our whole selves. Again, this is so closely tied to that first command, the Lord is one. If we are putting other things ahead of God, then it's impossible to serve God with our whole self. And for me, it all comes down to priorities. And I believe we live in a world and a culture where most of our priorities are just out of whack. They're out of line. There's so much today that's vying for our attention. Politics, work, sports, family, hobbies, games, relationships, community, and on and on and on and on and on. And in the midst of all these things, God has just taken a back seat in a lot of our lives. We've deemed that some of these things I've just mentioned and others are just, they're more important than God. And if I were to question you about it, you'd probably deny it until you were blue in the face. Of course I, I love God. Of course I believe in Jesus. Of course, of course, of course. But then I'd ask you to take out your calendar, pull out your phone. I'd have you recount the last few weeks of your life. And then it would become painfully obvious that our minds and our hearts and our souls and our strength have been divided up among so many things that not only can we not serve God with our whole selves, we can't do all the things that we're currently doing with our whole selves. We're stretched so thin. I hear so many people talk about how busy they are and how they, they have so much going on and oftentimes they're doing it because they're complaining or they're using it as an excuse why, you know, that's why I'm not at church. That's why I can't serve here. That's why I can't serve there. And I just wonder, why don't we do something about it? Why don't you say no to this over here so you can say yes to this over here? We have made good the enemy of great. We are doing so many good things when we could be doing something great. And by something great, I mean serving God with our whole selves. Just stop. Just stop being busy. Stop being busy for busyness sake. Stop splitting yourself in so many directions and give your whole self to God. It's one of the basics of the Christian faith. So let's get back to the basics. 
And the last basic of the Christian faith that Jesus gives us is this. Love your neighbor. The Lord is one. Serve him with all you have. And love your neighbor. Jesus says, love your neighbor as yourself. And what's so awesome and what's so beautiful is that we see this command being played out right in our passage in Mark 12. We see it in the exchange between Jesus and this teacher of the law. Remember what I said at the beginning. Jesus had been uh, dealing with questions from the Jewish leaders. They, They were trying to trap him. And this teacher of the law is one of the Jewish leaders and yet he recognizes that Jesus has answered all their questions correctly and without fault. And what we see in this exchange with Jesus and this teacher of the law is that they're able to cross party lines, so to speak, and reach across the aisle. Because because they share a common conviction that the greatest commandment is to love God and to love neighbor, they are able to love each other and to see each other as neighbors. The teacher of the law recognizes Jesus as a great teacher. Jesus recognizes him as a pilgrim who is moving closer to the kingdom of God. They have moved from an us versus them mentality and they have sought reconciliation amidst hostility. And their common devotion to God and neighbor silences the debate. Our scripture ends by saying they no longer ask Jesus any more questions. They no longer ask Jesus any more questions. It's over. No more questions to Jesus. The debate is over. You see, love of neighbor is about getting rid of selfishness. It's about getting rid of our need to always be right and the other person's always wrong. Love of neighbor and really the other two basics of the faith as well is about remembering that life is not all about us. Love of neighbor is about removing ourselves from our comfort zones. Getting outside of these walls or any other walls that we have built up between others and ourselves. Love of neighbor is about remembering that we are all in need of God's love and forgiveness and that no one is too far gone. That God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's mercy, God's presence can't reach them. As we enter into this time of talking about being good stewards of what God has given us, I can't think of anything more important than being good steward of the faith that we have been given. It's a great time to get back to the basics. The basics of the faith. The Lord is one. There's only one God. Serve God with everything that you have. And love your neighbor as yourself. You see, the beauty of these basics is that you can't believe in one without believing in the other. And you can't do one and not do the others. It's just impossible. Ask God to help you get back to the basics. Amen. Heavenly Father, what a foundation you have given us. What a foundation you have given us in these basics of the faith. 
Father, forgive us when we say that you are the only God, but yet we seem to serve so many gods around us. Help us to, to place you first and really only in our lives. Help us to love you with everything that we have. Help us to not be so split up in so many directions. Give us back focus that we may focus on you and remove selfishness in our lives that we may love those around us. Father, we thank you for the love that you have shown to us, your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness that we are still in need of today and always. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.